Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. My name is Guy and we're going to be continuing our journey of the karaoke people as they have got to a point where things are becoming very interesting. They are debating whether someone supplied enough grain or not. And to be perfectly frank, they have no way of proving yes or no. It is literally one farmer's word against the other. Our leap is when someone goes, well, hang on a moment. I've been playing around with this soft rock, which you get down at the river, you know, making pots. I call them pots because they're sort of pot shaped, um, which is the shape that they are. And that's why they're called pots. And yes, that is quite, quite literally how some things have been named. They've been named because of their shape, which is the name that you now apply to everything, even though it no longer resembles the same shape. That's just how we work as humans. That's what we do. Deal with it. Nonetheless, we start to create marks. Now, we have evidence that even earlier than the settlements, marks were being created on stones and on bones to keep track of certain things. We're not entirely sure what. But what we do know is that at a certain point in human history, a system was developed of different types of marks to indicate your name, to indicate where you lived, to indicate what you supplied or provided. These are particularly powerful steps in terms of our progression. And when you look at it, you say, well, the cultures that developed writing early on are the cultures that came to dominate their area of the globe a lot faster than the cultures that didn't develop their own writing system. And the reason for it is that it gives you incredible administrative control. Now you can measure everything that's coming in and say, well, you provided six sacks of grain. Your sacks are smaller than his sacks. Um, So here is some writing which indicates the size of a sack. We now need to be able to say a sack is three feet long and it's two feet wide and it's my feet that we're using because I have big feet or I have small feet. There's a whole different problem that comes in with that. But do you see how now with writing we start to get another class of individual creeping into our already multifaceted society, the scribes. And the scribes were the ones who needed to be able to understand everything and to be able to write down everything. And our communities started to then look to the written word as being the truth because it couldn't lie. It couldn't change its tune, unlike the male karaoke changed his tune from last night, saying he was out drinking with the boys, to he was actually out growing crops. It doesn't do that. Writing doesn't change, unless you're clever and you know how to get the wax wet, the, the, the clay wet again, and then you can make a different impression. But, well, that's a whole different form of intelligence that starts to develop. But you have this writing. And that literally starts to create history because before then, the history is as far back as the memory goes and it's as far back as someone questioned. So it's something that I deeply regret with the loss of my grandmother and grandparents, I should say, is that I didn't spend enough time with them asking them questions about their childhood. I'd never asked them what was it like to hear that man had landed on the moon. 
I didn't ask them what was it like to experience the end of World War II or to experience the end of the age of the typewriter or to experience the beginnings of the computer. Did they even know what computers were? I myself remember when computers started to be a thing. I didn't know about them and would have been completely oblivious of them if I didn't have a friend in junior school, we used to call it, I must have been about the age of seven or eight, who had a computer at home. And we would go over to his house and he would play this, this computer. But it certainly wasn't the first computer. It was not by any means. I think by then it was already an XT machine, which was a step up from the Commodores and uh, all those earlier versions. So I was starting to see this machine that you could play games on that I didn't really understand because I think it was like King's Quest 1 or something along those lines. So it was pretty advanced by the time I got into it. I mean, that was the, the, the late 80s, early 90s. And you look at all of that and you go, okay, so the history of my grandparents and their existence, I can't get from them. They're dead. So what do I do when it comes to looking into history? I have to ask other old people, but I don't trust other old people because there's no connection. I haven't grown up with them. I don't know who they are. But if I turn to a book, I can read that book and that book doesn't lie especially if that book was written at about the time period that I am trying to research. So, for example, I have on my bookshelf a very boring book, I must admit. It is incredibly dull because it is written by a, a Roman author who was writing a history of the 12 Caesars of Rome. And this author was writing after all of the Caesars had died and was using the notes and the records of the time to generate his history. And so he was writing it like a catalogue. Well, on Tuesday, Caesar went and did this, and then on Wednesday, he went and did that. I cannot ask anyone who's currently living in Rome what Caesar was doing just before one of the festivals. So I have to go back to the book and read the book and trust that the book is telling the truth. Truth is a whole different kettle of fish, and we learn how to lie really early on to avoid punishment. It's a very interesting thing that our society has created. We deceive and we pretend that something hasn't happened. This same behavior has been, has been observed in primates um, in Africa where there is deception going on, there is theft going on, there is duplicity going on, all those kinds of things. So it's not, it's not just humans that do it. We just do it really, really well. And all of this comes from not being able to have the truth presented to us in an infallible way. It's an interesting question, just taking a segue from the segue of the segue, that if you look at today, I remember when Facebook first came out, I jumped on it. And I immediately got my students that I was lecturing at the time to join Facebook and to become friends with me. That way, on Monday morning, when it came time to hand in their assignments, they would claim that they were sick all weekend or that they were busy. And I would then bring up Facebook and show that they had been surfing. I lived in a surfer town that they'd been surfing and partying all weekend. And that last night they only got back home at three in the morning because they did a Facebook post about it. The truth suddenly became a lot, a lot harder to avoid. And so I think that's why a lot of people have gone, well, maybe I'm not going to put everything I do on social media anymore. But uh, maybe we still do that. I don't know.
Anyway, so our Kuroki have now developed writing. And this allows them to start doing all sorts of amazing things. As the writing gets more and more complex, the vocabulary starts to become more complex. Why? Because we start to define terms. We need those terms to be universal. If you look at the dictionary of the English language and the journey that that has been on, it was James, I want to say James I, but... I'm not entirely sure, don't quote me. One of the kings of England, I still think it was James, but anyway, organized an official writing requirement of the English language. A dictionary was to be created and the final version of the Bible was to be transcribed into English from the original Latin, har har, which was transcribed originally from Sanskrit or from earlier, whatever language they were using. Nonetheless, he wanted an official how you spelt the word thought and bow and cough and plow. He wanted all of that to be codified so that there wasn't this major discrepancy. Believe it or not, that was nearly 5,000 years after language and writing had been developed. That this notion came in of developing a required law on how things were being done. It wasn't the first dictionary to be done. The Romans had done it before, of course. The Egyptians had very specific requirements in terms of the hieroglyphics and the meaning supposedly didn't change much. It did, but generally speaking, it was fairly consistent. James went, no, we need the English language to be unified. We need English to have its own space, to have its own laws and its own rules. That took a very long time for them to do it. And a lot of it was them just making stuff up, saying, well, this is how we say it in London. But they use a completely different word elsewhere. Uh, but we're in London and we're in power, so we're going to choose. Anyway, writing creates an amazing space for a society to start growing and developing, especially if that society then says, well, you know what? You've worked really hard all your life. You can now stop working. And normally you wouldn't be able to hop as far as the others and you'd get eaten by a predator. So your life is, is over. But in your case, you're going to live on to the ripe old age of like 50, maybe even 55 if you're really lucky. So let's get you. Let's get you doing something. You're not just going to sit around. Surely, what are you going to do? Well, you can write stuff. You can entertain the kids. You can look after the kids because there's so many of them now. Okay, great. So our elders now start to tell stories to the kids. They try to create things. And someone gets the notion of writing it down. And you start to get stories. And stories are an amazing tool, an amazing piece of technology. Because that's entirely what our games are. Our games are stories that we're telling each other. That we're working out through our journey. And those are only, a, only possible because we had the original ability to sit back and not do anything and let our minds wander and to think about stuff and to write it down so that others could pick up those clay tablets or listen to that podcast and go, well, this is what was said a hundred years ago. And, you know, nothing has changed or how things have changed. I wonder what they'll be like in the future. 
and suddenly you then have this future tech being presented to you as submarines 20,000 leagues under the sea and the mind starts to go even further which pushes the culture even further because if you read it remember we established that what you read must be true suddenly you're going well why can't we build a submarine why can't we build a spaceship that's going to get us to the moon why can't we say that our culture is better than anyone else's culture because we have a book that says ours is the best and suddenly the insidious side of that truth starts to bear and become a, a real entity our Karoo culture now starts to develop and advance, as we have seen. And what was interesting is that you go, well, it took a million years for us to put a stone onto an axe, uh, onto a handle to make an axe. In the space of several thousand years, as far as we can tell from the archaeological evidence, we went from having no written language, no large major communities or structures, to suddenly having Gobeki tech. I can never pronounce the name, to suddenly having Egypt out of nothing, out of little primitive groups. And you go, well, yeah, it took thousands of years to happen. Yes, yes, it did. It took thousands of years. Rome wasn't built in a day. It took hundreds of years for Rome to become what it was. But look at the time scale. We went from millions of years to hundreds of thousands of years to suddenly writing coming along and everything starts to change in the space of thousands of years. And then it, as the writing improves, as it becomes more universal, as those cultures who were living on the edges of paradise start to reclaim paradise, suddenly we then go from thousands of years, we go to hundreds of years. And we're currently in our information age. We're in decades. Each decade is changing dramatically. Now, you might not think about it, but I would task you to think about flash drives, USB drives. Do you remember those things? Those awful, awful little things that the cool kids had when they were in school? They were the expensive little things that could store data much more reliably than a good old-fashioned stiffy disk. And you could write onto them and change the data, unlike a CD or, heaven forbid, a DVD. I remember, and this is not that long ago, I have to say, this was 2001, getting a DVD writer. It cost almost as much as the computer did that I was using. And each DVD disc cost somewhere in the region of 5 to $10 that I could write onto. And it wasn't infallible. Frequently, there'd be a disc writing error and you'd throw that disc away. And you look at it and you go, well, that's fascinating. To me, that was just the other day that that sort of incident was happening. Step forward... 20 years I don't have a DVD in my house I was going through the box of computer parts that arrived with this computer that was shipped to me last year it has a whole bunch of CDs in there CDs what the hell am I supposed to do with those use them as a coaster I don't have a CD drive cars don't have CD drives anymore and they were the last sort of vestiges of the CD technology 
Except that I know that there are a lot of you listening to this podcast who go, hmm, I still have a CD drive in my car, or I still have a CD player and I still listen to CDs. My mother still listens to CDs. I know that. But in in the last two decades, there are kids who have never seen, or at least if they've seen it, they haven't ever needed to use it. They wouldn't know to put the shiny side down into the DVD player. Would they? Maybe I'm being too optimistic here, but certainly in decades we have changed from stiffy disks to USB drives, from USB drives. That's such old tech these days. Why not just put it onto your OneDrive or into Dropbox? Just email it to me because surely everyone's got decent internet these days. Or put it onto your flash, onto your hard drive, which carries so much more data than your flash drive and yet costs pretty much the same. So technology rapidly increases the moment we get to a point where writing is in existence because writing allows us to take the knowledge of the past and to learn from it in a much shorter time than having to learn through an apprenticeship and through watching and doing. We can get specific information as well, which means we get specialists being formed a lot faster. All of this means that our karaoke individuals now start to spread out across the globe. It's no longer terrifying leaving your little valley because you know that the seeds you have in your pocket will grow into something that will be useful in the future. Or will they? That paradise that our ancestors left all those millions of years ago or hundreds of thousands of years ago, it's actually too wet for the seeds to grow in that we have with us. So unfortunately, we starve and die. We head further north, we also find a similar problem. The weeds are too difficult, the soil is too rocky, things are too harsh. But we don't necessarily die off straight away. We live and then we start to learn how to live in that space. But if we go sideways... Well, sideways, everything stays the same. So the crops, the animals, the environment that we have come to, to predict, that's all still the same. And that means we can spread rapidly horizontally around our planet, but vertically, not so much. And when you look at the proliferation of our species... It is definitely on the horizontal that we, th that we thrive and have similar experiences, whereas on the vertical, we have radically different experiences. We have radically different cultures that have very different attitudes towards everything and that have very different approaches to time or even bothering around time, caring about time because of that wonderful thing called climate. So we've looked at our species now in terms of this growth, in terms of this journey, getting to the point where they can write things down. If you add in magic, you suddenly start to say, well, magic would be written down. Religion was written down as soon as it could be. We know that much. So certainly magic would be written down as well. Would it be restricted? We absolutely know that it would be restricted because those ruling classes want to remain elite. They can't become top heavy. They can't have more people reading than working because if they're all reading, who's working? That's kind of where we're getting to on planet Earth at the moment. We have to develop robots who will do all of the working whilst we are busy doing the reading in inverted commas or absorbing all of those kitty videos on YouTube. 
it's an interesting journey and it's an interesting cycle that we have to, I think anyway, take into account when it comes to our species. Is this story going to play out the same way if we weren't using the karaoke, if we were using dwarves or if we were using elves? Well, I think it's about looking and saying, well, do we think that our evolutionary path as humans is the only evolutionary path that you can take to getting to civilization? And unfortunately, we have evidence to say that in terms of our planet and in terms of what we call civilization, it is. Because when we have seen other civilizations who have tried to do the same thing, they have failed and died, usually through cannibalism. But that's a whole different story. Next week, I'm going to break away from our creation space, unless you're finding this interesting and you want me to carry on. Next week, if you uh, listen in, please write in a comment saying, we want more of this, or actually this week, because you're hearing this now. So I want more of this, or no, 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 no. Let's go back to talking about role-playing, please. All of this stuff is fascinating, but completely heretical and evil, or all of this stuff is absolutely mind-blowingly amazing, but it has nothing to do with role-playing, and that's why we're here. I don't know. I find this stuff interesting, and this is what I use in my role-playing, so that's why I'm presenting it to you. Anyway, until next time, I wish you and yours the very happiest of gaming.